Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Julie, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, January 21st. Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we are at page 13. There I humbly. Today's readers are Penny C., Susan C., Michelle, and Carrie. The reference number for Tuesday, January 20th is 5799. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sarah W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sarah W., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Here are the steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being, the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry the message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you. I will now ask Lauren to read the 12 traditions. Thank you. Lauren S. from Pittsburgh, a recovered compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be anonymous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive of reader who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, over OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Lauren. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our study of the big book on page 13, the second paragraph. There I humbly offer myself. And I will ask Penny C. to begin reading. Good morning. Thank you, Julie. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in, in snowy Boston. There I humbly offered myself to God as I understood him to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my new friend, my newfound friend, take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. And of course, uh, when he's talking about there, as it says in the preceding paragraph, he's in the hospital. He's at Towns Hospital where he had been so many times in the past and 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 always before that had gone out and 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 drunk drank again. But this time was different. Ebby had visited him and presented him with a spiritual solution, as it were. And and Bill laying in that hospital had that spiritual experience. And so what I see here 
is the beginnings of step for or maybe the first time that we hear step three and the beginning of step four, right? Right in one paragraph, one small paragraph. I love the idea that the word friend is capitalized and, and that, that God to him now is a friend. Uh, that was one of my new concepts of a higher power when I started working the steps and saw that, um, you know, God wasn't my adversary. God wasn't the punishing um, judge that my concept had been, but that, that God, God's, you know, in there. He's got my back. He's my friend. And, um, you know, I can trust, I can trust this, this very good friend of mine. And one more thing I, I'd see here when the last sentence, he says, I have not had a drink since. When I first came to the rooms and June 10th, 1987, I haven't, I haven't, um, had the need to binge since that day. And, and all I heard in the rooms of, of OA in those days, whatever meeting I went to, someone or somewhere, they would say, remember, recovery is in the steps. Recovery is in the steps. And that's the, that's the um, impression I get every day on this meeting, unlike what I hear at open meetings but today, I believe that that's my, that's my role, is to get to some open meetings, some face-to-face meetings, and, and to talk about that, as I do. And maybe, maybe there'll be some, somebody there who'll catch on to that phrase that so many of us listened to years ago in the rooms, recovery is in the steps, because for me, it certainly, it certainly was. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? Lauren, All right, this is Carolyn. Okay, so I heard Lauren, and then there was a gentleman in there. And then Carolyn. Uh, this, this is Larry. Larry, okay. So I have Lauren, Larry, Carrie, and I didn't... Uh, I'll that go was back Carolyn. To uh, Carolyn. Thank you. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Lauren. Thank you. Lauren S. Pittsburgh recovered compulsive reader. In this paragraph, Bill is describing how he took steps three, four, five, six, and seven. And seven. In describing his his third step, when he says, "I humbly offered myself." To God as I then understood him to do with me as he would and that beautiful third step prayer a big chunk of it is right in that paragraph I humbly offer myself to you to do with me and and I like how he says as I then understood him as I then understood him because our higher power our higher power is a, is a living is a living God. It'll change and grow with us as we change and grow through the steps. So, my understanding of my higher power is different now than when I first took my third step, and that's com- that's comforting. That's comforting. Um, 
and his four and five, his steps four and five. This is when Bill says, he admitted that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost, and I ruthlessly faced my sins. He ruthlessly faced them. When I went through my step four, I did it so I, I I looked at all of my seven areas of self and my defects, you know, my delusions, my selfish attitudes, my fears, where by the time I read it to somebody and read it out and read it out loud and had God in the room as well, I fully conceded that I am not capable of doing any better. This was the best I knew how to do. This was my best thinking. And I'm willing to have God run the show. And then um, six and seven, he became willing to have his newfound friend take them away entirely, root and branch. Um, And I, I think that is beautiful. I think there's a part in one of the prefaces or or uh, one of the forewords that could be mistaken or, or early, early. Oh, actually, it's on page 12. His roots, his roots grasped a new soil. The foundation of his life had been recreated. So that is a beautiful metaphor. As we're, we're doing our thorough fourth step, we're not just trimming away at our branches and our leaves. And, and getting rid of some moldy fruit, which will then refurbish and grow again. We're digging the root. We're getting the root out of it. I was going back to things I had done when I was seven years old, how I treated people, way before I ever picked up my first compulsive bite. I was getting at the root. So um, I felt, I've, I've never felt stronger recovery than when I fully, thoroughly did the steps. I mean, uh, this this is a wonderful paragraph. Um, thank you, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Larry, would you please share? Hi, uh, thank you for your service. This is Larry, a uh, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, there I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him. <clears throat> to do with me as he would, I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. And I admitted for the first time that I myself, that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. And, you know, for me, this is, you know, unreservedly, without reservation. You know, what, what strikes me with this is that, you know, Bill is going just like me and, and, and like anybody that has experienced recovery, Bill is going finally getting to a, a process of willingness to turn his life over to the care of the God of his understanding. And, you know, it's interesting. Um, when I think of, you know, uh, the, my own path, um, I, I still wanted to kind of hedge my bets at different times, you know, I mean, that's, in, in, you know, when I look back at it, that I was really, I really desired uh, to be recovered. I wanted to put the food down. I really did. I wanted to live a better life. But I, I think that, you know, um, that it's human nature sometimes to put 
to put our confidence in things of this world. You know, after all, that's all I knew. That's all I really knew. That was the paradigm in which I saw the world is, you know, I mean, could it, could this really be possible that something that I, you know, I couldn't see, that something that's seemingly intangible, um, that, that, that this would be the answer for me, you know, and, uh, and, and like Bill, you know, without reservation, you know, he recognized for the first time he was nothing, that without him, his, the God of his understanding, he was lost. He ruthlessly, ruthlessly is a, you know, he ruthlessly, without mercy, faced his sins and became willing to have his newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I've not had a drink since. I mean, that's emphatic. I've not had a drink since. It reminds me, you know, that um, when I go over to page 98, you know, it's working with others, but you know, it's just it's a good reminder for me that, you know, burn the idea, Larry, into your consciousness that you cannot get well regardless of anyone. The only condition is that you must trust God and clean house. Now, that, that's an interesting thing. It's an interesting notion for me because, it, you know, the preceding part says, you know, as long as we place dependence upon other people, ahead of dependence upon God, you know, I won't be able to put my food down. And I, and I uh, you know, working the steps, let's, let's remember why we're working the steps. You know, I want to remember that I am working these, the steps, not for some hocus pocus. I want, I'm working the steps because I want to affect the spiritual transformation. I want to melt the, you know, the icy intellectual aspects of, of who I am, and 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 and, uh, and now my heart is has been opened, you know, and and I didn't see it coming, but it has happened, and that's what I read when I read Bill's, you know, story. Now it's as if he's been transported to today, you know. It, it's it's the same experience that I've had. You know, and, and I have not had a bite, a compulsive bite since that time. You know, there was no, there, that's just a fact because my, I have unreservedly placed myself under the direction of my higher power. And I have not placed myself unreservedly under the care of my sponsor, love my sponsor, love all the people in the fellowship. That's why I'm here every day. But but, but I had to place myself unreservedly under the care of God and my understanding. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. And Carolyn? Carolyn, press star one. Would anyone else like to share? Hi, can you hear me? Oh, yes, I can. Thank you. I'm sorry about that. Um, yeah, um, hi, I'm Carolyn S. From, uh, I'm recovered, compulsive overeater from Pleasantville, New York. Um, I just love, love this paragraph. There's so much in it. Um, I humbly offered myself to God, um, offered like an offering on an altar, you know, for his love and approval, which, of course, is unconditional. Um, so he accepts what we, who we are from before we're born, um, he forgives us for what we're going to do before we've done it. Um, as I then understood him, um, again, it is, as someone said, an evolving concept of God. Who I understand God to be today is not who I understood him to be 
yesterday or a month ago or a year ago, um, I placed myself unreservedly under his care, unreservedly, um, entirely. Again, half measures availed us, not half, but nothing, nothing. So it has to be unreservedly, no reservations, just the way I know I am to the core of my being a compulsive overeater and always will be with that degree of absolute certainty and willingness and no reservation under his care. I I love that they chose care. It's love. He is my father. He loves me. And direction. He's trying to guide me. Um, I admitted for the first time, this is a revelation here, and certainly was for me. I had never, you know, really, you know, admitted to myself or to anyone else that that of myself I was nothing. I mean, what a concept! I'm nothing. Um, no better, no worse, though. Not not the the worst of the worst or the best of the best, but but just you know, kind of neutral. Um, that without him, I was lost, and I was. I was so lost. I was shivering in the in the shadow of that intellectual mountain, miserable. You know, thought I was so smart, but miserable. Um, I ruthlessly, uh, and I love what someone said, without mercy, and, and that's what it is. It's ruthless and thorough. I faced my sins, and, and this word sins always bothered me because of uh, the religion I was grown, grown up in and uh, the idea of, you know, you know, original sin. I have a lot of problem with this word, but, you know, we call them defects for a reason because it's, it's you know, the, the, the elements of my nature that um, are a problem and, and that I need to, you know, work on. Um, so I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing. And I, and I love how they often use these in combination, became willing, because it was a slow, slow process for me. I'm in program 10 years. I'm only recently truly recovered. Um, became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. And again, completely. And I have not had a drink since. I have not had a compulsive bite since I became recovered. And that is such a miracle. But it's only the beginning of the miracles. My true miracle um, is that I am living day to day with the absolute certainty that a God of my understanding exists in my life and is there for me every moment of of every day and loves and forgives me, and he's always, always there for me. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? Hi, this is Linda from Connecticut. I'd like to share. Go ahead, go ahead Linda. Hi, I'm recovered in Connecticut, Linda D. I am so grateful to be a part of this program. There, there must be a word beyond gratitude. I'm awed by this because the previous two or three people have said that they've had the same experience that Bill had. It's one thing to read that somebody has an experience where they're saved and transformed. It's another thing to actually have it happen, especially in my case after a lifetime of Mayhem is a nice word for it. The most heinous crimes against myself and in, and to other people. And I can uh, jump in with the other previous folks and say the same thing. That, and say the same thing as Bill experienced. Those lines in the book are real, and they are from doing the steps. And since um, 
I've been listening to visions. Uh, it has pulled everything together for me, or God has been able to pull everything together for me in my mind and my experience, and I haven't had a bite either. More than that, my life is being transformed, and it's very dramatic. It's not at all theoretical. It's not at all intellectual, and that's um, going on 14 months of this. It's truly an amazing, amazing experience way beyond food but of course it is a thrill not to be nuts over food but just not to be nuts not to be to begin to be the person to begin to express the person that god meant me to be a happy contented creative healthy person a soul thank you i pass thank you would anyone else like to share before we move on Okay, Susan C. This is Sharon in Colorado. Oh, go ahead, Sharon. Okay, thank you, Julie. Um, And thank you to everyone out on the line, and thank you for your service. Um, I am just so touched by this uh, particular paragraph, and um, I know someone who did a special uh, meeting out on the line, uh, Sunday editions, you know, more or less stated that this was the beginning of... um, Step three for Bill. We've seen on these earlier pages his his just struggle with alcoholism and his struggle with uh, uh, wanting to believe that it required you know needed he needed desperately needed a power greater than himself to overcome this disease. And so here it's just so beautiful, beautifully the way he commits himself to God as he understands him at that particular time in his life. And how he he completely deflates anything about himself. You see, no, uh, <clears throat> I'm going to do this, and this time it'll be different. But he just humbly offered himself to God, and then he says, and asked him to do with me as he would. And then he placed himself unreservedly under his care and under his direction. And I think this is so uh, much the truth, too. You know, once we are powerless, boy, there better be a God, you know, otherwise we would all be in total despair. And then he admitted for the first time that of himself, so that means without God, he was nothing. And that was the beginning of this amazing journey for him and this amazing journey for all the rest of us who are willing to uh, accept this same belief about ourselves and uh, make a confession to God as we understand him like this and then begin the process and journey of the steps to be recovered and stay recovered one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Shannon. Okay, Susan, Leah. please. Oh, Leah, go ahead. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Just wanted to focus on this statement here. I admitted for the first time that of myself, I was nothing, that without him I was lost. Um, you know, we, we talk about willingness being a one-person job. You know, uh, this disease had just beat me to a pulp. So Bill here is, you know, Again, this is written in hindsight, you know, speaking about step three and step four, um, 
you know, that without him I was lost. I mean, I was raised in a very cerebral, intellectual environment. You know, my parents basically uh, were of the type, you know, that were certain that their intelligence backed by um, some willpower muster up some some strength and the right resources and the right research, and we can rightly control our lives and guarantee it to be a success. Well, that was not my personal experience. Um, you know, playing God uh, sounded good in the speaking, but, you know, what was the acid test? The acid test all <laughs> was that, um, you know, I was caught in this tangled web of torture and mayhem and, um, it was getting progressively worse. Um, you know, we talk about this disease taking us to the gates of insanity or death, and that was surely my experience. Um, this self-centeredness of mine had contributed uh, to my failure at life. I was lost in every facet. You know, the big book talks about the bedevilments. You know, uh, we talk about, you know, can we control our personal natures, you know, the, our uh, health of our relationships? We can't control, you know, our emotional uh, landscape or pray to misery and depression. I mean, all of this was significant. The, um, the bags and the boxes, you know, were merely a symbol of me being so separated and away from my creator. It was a very dark and lonely existence. I had created a whole universe centered around me and what uh, I expected out of life and what was expected out of me. I was my own God, essentially. You know, therefore, I had no God. And it was miserable. I saw the world only through those lenses. You know, the philosophy for me of self-sufficiency was not paying off. Just like Bill relates here, I was lost. So he goes on to say, I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend, and yes, friend is capitalized, take them away root and branch. Uh, that's why we talk about in step four, the first action step, you know, getting down to root causes and conditions. Step two is a conclusion of my mind about God. That is true. But step three here in surrendering myself is a decision that I'm making for God. <laughs> How can I um, be closer to you, God, get to know you better, God, because I need to be rescued? I'm reminded of that visualization that Bill gave us earlier with the quicksand. The only way to uh, be rescued from quicksand is to be delivered from it. So th this statement here, um, you know, I ruthlessly face my sins, again, alluding to the step four inventory, which is going to come right up, because I'm going to have to take actions which are necessary to remove all the obstacles which block me from this God. You know, so this is, a, you, you notice the pace here. It's kind of a throwing myself, at least that was my personal experience. I had to go from the intellectual and the accumulation of knowledge um, and information to an experience which would lead me to transformation. You know, and I jumped, <laughs> and I said that third-step prayer, 
and I took a pair of dice, so to speak, and I threw them out on a board. I didn't even know what game I was playing. <laughs> I just knew that my life was at stake. And having no idea what to expect and just following the guidance of someone who had recovered, who had not had a drink since, it was that black and white, had not had a drink since. In spite of my own crippled belief system, I just threw those dice out on the table and said, let's get going, let's play this game. Because I, there was no door number three. You know, it was either continue to eat myself into death and insanity, another plastic wristband, or, uh, you know, or embark on this spiritual journey. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. Susan C., would you uh, read the next paragraph? Star one to unmute. Okay, um, Michelle, would you read the next paragraph? Star one. Uh, yes. Good morning. This is Michelle H., recovered compulsive overeater Thank from you, Missouri. And I beg your pardon. My schoolmate <clears throat> visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. And so, you know, Bill is acquainting us with his experience of um, picking up this spiritual toolkit and working these steps that would bring him the freedom um, freedom from drink and freedom from the mental obsession and bring into his view a new way of living. And But yet, <clears throat> these were the steps that were required. Um, had to fully acquaint him with my problems and deficiencies. So these were the things, this was the very thing that I was trying to avoid in my life, um, to admit to myself and then to another person you know, my my problems, my deficiencies. I spent my life um, numbed out on food so that, first of all, I didn't have to face them, and much less, you know, I thought I was hiding them from everyone else. But this, this you know, step to freedom, these steps that take me to a new way of living, require just that, me getting honest with myself and with another person. And then moving forward, making a list of the people I had harmed, I had hurt, and I had felt a resentment. You know, the resentment came from me feeling they had done harm to me. And, and here I am in these steps seeing how I had hurt others and then being willing <clears throat> to admit that I was wrong. And that was something that for many, many years, um, you know, I lived in thinking that I had to be right and um, going to any lengths to prove that I was right and knowing all along deep down in my heart that I was wrong. And the only thing, the only solution that I knew for that at that time was the food, to numb out, to go into oblivion. And, you know, the freedom 
of being able to um, have this message carried to me and see it live, you know, another person living a life of freedom who was just like me, who had come just from the same place from which I had come and living the life that I had been living, you know, tell me that this was the way out. You know, like it already been stated, the only way out of the quicksand is to be delivered, and these steps delivered me. If I would just trust, if I would just become willing, you know, to trust in this newfound friend and then take these steps that others before me had taken, I, too, um, would <clears throat> be given this freedom. It was freely given to me, um, and, and it required a power greater than myself. All these years, all these decades, I was relying on self, not relying on God, not relying on infinite power. And so I trusted, and I did these things. I did these things, um, I call steps, I call them things, um, but I did these steps with the guide of another person, leaning, trusting, relying on a power greater than myself, that that power would help me to do these things that I never wanted to do, um, trusting and believing in the guide that was before me, that yes, if I, if I do these steps, if I take these steps and become rigorously honest, that I too will be free and know a new freedom and beyond that, given a new way of living. And so, <clears throat> you know, there's there's these steps here. There's step five, and then there's eight and nine. And, you know, I never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters. And as I, you know, had the opportunity to look at my character defects, this, these are the things that, that kept me in bondage, being critical of others, being judgmental of others, um, always needing to be right. And I was asked to do the opposite of what I wanted to do, to see my faults, to correct the harms and wrongs that I had done, to right these matters to the utmost of my ability. And the rest, I was relying totally on that power greater than myself and the directions in these steps. And I just say that this happened for me just like it happened for Bill. And so glad that there's so many people on this line that are hearing the solution the same way I heard the solution. And, you know, I wish that freedom for each and every one of us on this line. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Michelle. Would anyone like to share on this paragraph? This is Kim. Hi, Kim. Go ahead. Good morning. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. I'm so struck right now with the description here, because this is why I spent years in OA and never recovered. You know, we're being told here very specific directions, you know, the, the, the six steps that, that Bill worked, you know. The, the prior paragraph, I said, I have not had a drink since. So what happened prior to that paragraph? You know, he, he came to the, the conclusion he was a compulsive overeater, which took him eight pages. He came to the conclusion he needed a power, which took him four pages. And then it's this one paragraph that he he decides, he makes that decision to unreservedly put him under the care of God. So that's step three. He's not had a drink since. Now, my problem was I stopped there. I would do that OA waltz. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. I would let go and let God and then do no action. He's saying he hasn't had a drink since, but now we're going to see all the actions that he takes which allows him not to take a drink since. And I would often stop at step three. And we're going to see when it's describing here the action process of four through nine in basically one paragraph, some pretty absolute language. 
I fully acquainted him with my problems. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. And what I did is I dabbled in those action steps. I never fully acquainted someone with my problems. I just told them the part of my story that I felt comfortable telling them. I didn't have an entire unwillingness to approach these individuals. I used the loophole of I'm just going to do a living amends. Because I'm not going to humiliate myself and apologize. I'll just try to be a good girl now and that's good enough. And I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. You know, I, I really just decided I was, it was good enough to practice these principles in the rooms of OA and with you people who love me. But I was able to go out and wreak havoc on the rest of the world, and I wonder why I picked up over and over again. And we're going to see in the next couple, chapters, next couple paragraphs how he takes the skill set he's learning right now and he's applying it every single day. He's going to test this theory. He's going to live in 10, 11, and 12. And that's what's going to allow him to experience that sentence before, I have not had a drink since. So what I did was I would dabble with this stuff, not do it completely, and then I would never live in 10, 11, and 12. I would do 10, 11, and 12 if maybe I was in enough pain. But often before I was in enough pain, I'd be back in the food. I'd be back into that because I wasn't making it a way of life. This is a short paragraph, eight pages to come to step one, four pages to come to step two, and then in 13 and 14, we're going to see the rest of the steps. This makes so much sense why well, I spent well over, you know, 17 years in OA having temporary respite and going back into the food, having temporary respite and going back into the food. It wasn't relapse and recovery because I never really did the recovery portion. It was just dieting with support and then going back to the only solution I knew, the food. But dieting with support and going back to the only solution I knew, which was the food. So this paragraph, although it's short, it's powerful. It's absolute. I fully acquainted him with my problems. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals. I was to write all such matters to my ability. And then next we're going to see I had to make this a way of life. It's like going to nursing school and learning all that skill set and then never going into, hosp into the hospital to be a nurse. If someone goes to nursing school and never gets a job in a nurse and 10 years later says, well, I'm a nurse, it kind of doesn't make sense because they never practice the, 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 the um, career that they trained for. I never practiced the lifestyle which I trained for in steps four through nine and wondered why I was living a life of restless, irritable discontentment, uncomfortable in my own skin, and then would return to the food. I read these couple paragraphs and my experience in the Overeaters Anonymous when I tried to work the program according to what Kim felt like doing totally makes sense to me today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Would anyone else like to share? Star one to unmute. Well, Good morning, this is Katie. Oh, hi, Katie. Go ahead. Good morning, this is Katie, a recovered compulsive overeater in Virginia. And I'm just looking at this. Um, I express my entire willingness to approach these individuals. And 
you know, that's all that's required of me is to be um, willing to um, set straight the wrongs. And it's not about me. You know, I did inventories in um, in OA where I basically told my life story and, you know, there was a lot of accusations. And, well, I did this because they did that. And, you know, there was a lot of... Um, the wrongs that had been done to me and I wasn't willing to look at my part. And so that is the difference in my life today is that I, it doesn't matter what their part is. I have to look at my side of the street and clean that up. That's all I'm asked to do. I don't have to change the world. I just have to change how I behave in this world. And it wasn't until I was willing to admit that I had some fault in it and that I uh, was powerless over my food, over the food, and my life was unmanageable, and I didn't have to uh, figure it out. I didn't have to figure out everyone else's part. I only had to figure out my own part and that God was going to be there for me. Um, And... You know, never was I to be critical of them. Um, It doesn't mean that every person that I had an issue with, that they have changed. You know, in fact, most of them have not. I mean, they have not changed. But I have changed. And my uh, ability to cope with, you know, living in the world, I mean, my recovery, my absence is black and white, but people are gray, as my sponsor has taught me. You know, it's not, there are no, um, there's no perfect person out there that's going to always react the way I want them to. And I had to learn how to live in a world that's not perfect. And for me, my default, as Tim was talking about, was to go to the food. So I never grew up. I never knew that there was another way to, uh, to live life that, you know, these feelings and these you know, emotions that seemed to just overtake me and it made me so uncomfortable that I had to shove food in my mouth, you know, I learned to sit quietly and let those feelings wash over me and I I didn't die. You know, I didn't die from my feelings. And that was, that was, um, that was a newsflash for me because I really spent, you know, my whole life avoiding having any type of uncomfortable feelings. If I did, then I was very quick to shove something, anything, to numb myself out. And, you know, this is just the beginning for Bill, but all it's asking is for willingness um, to admit my wrong and to see what God has in store for me, that it's so much better than what I ever thought of. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. This is Julie, a recovered compulsive overeater. And, um, you know, I like how these paragraphs flow because he hasn't had a drink since, and then his schoolmate visited him. You know, it doesn't say six months later or a year later. It's, it's next. It's continuous. And I, you know, I've been in OA for a long time, in and out, and um, I would pray for the willingness you know, to start my fourth step. Um, it doesn't say that. I mean, it says he fully acquainted his schoolmate with his problems and deficiencies. 
um, I didn't do that. I answered a lot of different questions about my childhood sometimes or did use some of the forms, but I would just wait, and especially at the times when it said, you know, was I willing to make amends? Some of them, I think I had a category of not now, never, or I'm willing. And I don't see where Bill says that, you know, we can choose those those categories. Um, I had to be entire, entirely be willing to approach these people. And, you know, once I did that, um, when I really made my amends this time, they were very uncomfortable, but I didn't have a choice. Um, you know, the clear-cut directions are here. I have to admit my wrong. I, you know, I can't be critical. I had to set right all, all such matters to the utmost of my ability. And I don't get to make that decision. My relationship with my newfound God helps me make that decision. Um, just because it's going to be uncomfortable or you know, I could go to jail or whatever. That's not my decision. I have to right these wrongs or I'm not. I'm never going to stop eating. So uh, this was, was really powerful because, um, again, this was one of those chapters that I, I never even read. Or if I did, it was just like I was reading a book. Um, the directions are here. It's not about praying or taking a year to do an inventory. It's, we, we've got to move and we've got to get through these things. Um, and I think that's why Bill didn't put limits on here. We've moved through these quickly and thoroughly. Uh, so with that, I'll pass. Would anyone else like to share? This is Kaya. Kaya, go ahead. Hi, thanks. Hi, everybody. This is Kaya, grateful, recovered, compulsive eater and bulimic in Denver, Colorado. Um, so just in, in similar uh, fashion that other people are sharing, um, wanting to point out, you know, the someone just said, you know, a, the, a decision. Oh, I think we lost you. Star one. Uh, hi. Oh, there I am. <laughs> and okay. muted me back. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, very, very grateful uh, to be recovered today and to know that my relationship with my higher power is definitely the most important thing in my life, um, without exception. And, um, you know, the the pace at which Bill is moving here is um, is a... You know, it's a demonstration of what we're supposed to, of what we do, right? That's the point of, of his story is for us to identify in, for me, to identify in, um, to say, did I think like Bill? Did I eat like Bill drank? Did I act like Bill acted? Did I feel like Bill felt? And identify in so that I can see that I, too, um, am blocked off from this power. And then take the the steps that he took, and, you know, at this point, it wasn't the 12 steps, it was, um, but it was the formula that, that we followed today, and the pace is so inspiring um, with which he did it, and, and someone earlier said, you know, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to make a decision, am I going to do the fourth, how long I'm going to take, the only decision I made was step three, that's really the last decision, the last decision I ever had to make was step three, because that's, that step, step three, was the decision to continue to do the remaining steps and then live 
um, this way of life. And, and I, too, you know, had gone through the steps through the book, except I missed the point of steps 10, 11, and 12, um, living them exactly the way, the way they're written and, and having to continue to live that way. So I'm just so grateful that he's demonstrating for us here the pace at which it happened and the simplicity um, with which it was done. Um, it was no, there wasn't a whole lot of psychological stuff. A lot of times, you know, I've, I've been there myself and I get calls a lot and, you know, but it's, you know, but it brings up stuff and it, and, and a lot of, just a lot of stuff where I just say, you know, my sponsors taught me, you know, like, just put that stuff aside and just do the direction and, um, and then see what happens. You know, it's, it's, it's almost like a science experiment, you know, just follow the directions and see what happens. Um, instead of, you know, being concerned about what might or might not. And um, my experience has been a complete transformation. Um, and, uh, and, and for that, I am extremely grateful. And so I just encourage anyone who's new, whether you're new to OA or you're new to, um, or you've been in OA for many years, but you, you haven't experienced that, that feeling of being recovered, um, so many of us have had that experience. And um, what I found is that when I actually followed um, the directions, exactly as they're written, I got the results that they did too. And, um, and I'm very, very grateful for that. And I'm very blessed to be able to share in this meeting. And um, I wish everybody a God-filled day. Thank you. Thank I'll pass. You. Thank you. Would anyone else like to share? Sue from Pennsylvania. Uh, yes, go ahead. Hi, I'm... I'm a recovered member from Pennsylvania. Um, I I love this. It's really stating his experience in the moment, and it is and it is inspirational. And I also think it's the icing on the cake. That doesn't mean to trivial, trivialize the icing. Icing is a good part of the cake, even if we don't eat it anymore. Um, but it's really he, he didn't get here all of a sudden, he didn't get to his acceptance of that spiritual experience he's having all of a sudden either. It, it grew over a lifetime. And I think in, in my own recovery, I, I, I really, I love the fact that we're a diverse group and that I, I add my category to the ones that usually are listed, which I often seem to list my category, which is I came from another program where I really experienced the 12 steps and I needed to do step one in this fellowship to really complete my journey for the time being, to, to, to become recovered. I had to go there. But the rest of the steps were intact for me. And so I really had to accept that, hey, there's a little hole here that needs some filling, and I need God's help with it. And so I got a sponsor to help me, and I, and I did that. And I think it's... It's always been helpful to me to turn to the traditions that here in the story we're doing one, two, and three, and especially the second and the third tradition. And I look to number two especially, page 562. For our group purpose, there is but, and this is a short form, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, if he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. That the group conscience is diverse. There's 
The group conscience reflects the presence of the higher power. There are many ways to get to this. And I would encourage people not to put themselves down for taking years in OA. Or In my case, I came into OA relatively ready for surrender because I had the steps in another program, and they're the same steps once you get past your symptom, the symptom of, of compulsive eating or whatever your other symptom was in your other fellowship. You, you, it's the same process. It's this, this second stage of recovery where the steps are really the same, and they're the same for people who aren't even in a recovery program. These steps can benefit anybody when they apply them to themselves, but it, it's not, to, I don't regret that I went through a series of different kinds of help before I got here. I think it's all wonderful, and that's part of the sunlight of the spirit shining on me, that, that I, I don't regret anything that I learned from the past. It, it's all been useful, and thank God, thank you, God, that I didn't die in the process of experiencing it. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. Um, It's time to close our meeting. Thank you to everyone who shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Carrie, would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Now, what page is that on? I'm sorry, I wasn't what, prepared. One, one sixty-four. Okay, yeah, got it right here. Okay, a vision for you. Our book is meant to be suggestive. Oh, I'm Carrie, a compuls- grateful compulsive overeater in Vermont. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Thank you, Carrie. And will all those who would like to please press star one to unmute so we can say the serenity prayer. God, God, 